1: Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh with the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers six Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. So Hunter Jr.
2: You're listening to the All Angels podcast. Yeah.
3: Hey, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags. Joined as always with Dan Garcia. And you are tuning in to another edition of the All Angels Podcast, and we got some big news. Not only is this the first uh, in season
2: podcast? In season
3: podcast, weekly podcast for the 2019 season, but it is our first podcast under the umbrella of the Armchair Media Network. That's Armchair Media Network. You can check out all their content at armchairallamericans.com. dot com. So we are honored to be a part of the armchair media network
2: yeah it's like the next step forward i guess in this little uh, engine that could podcast that kind of started from your idea and it's kind of grown to something really fun for us to do and something that we hope people enjoy
3: listening to yeah absolutely so nothing but better things to come from this it's it's it's, uh, like you said a step up from just us you know promoting it on you know on our twitter at halo haven and on our instagram at halo underscore haven but Another like you know site where people can go on and not just check out our content, but there's other sports content on there. So if you guys are, you different know, per, leagues and everything yeah, different like that, leagues. Yeah. You guys are fans of different you know football teams, and basketball teams. I know they're working real hard to get you know try to get podcasts for pretty much every team out there. Right.
2: So and I think of, of important part of this and when Johnny and I talked about it um, nothing changes the podcast is gonna be the same we're gonna talk about the same stuff um, the same format still gonna get you the same interviews we can before you know but now we're trying to uh, spread our wings and fly a little bit but everything pretty much is gonna stay the same so don't worry about anything changing still gonna be called the All Angels podcast we're still gonna be part of Halo Haven so none of that changes at all
3: yeah so We are actually at Halo Haven headquarters here in Riverside, California. We got Chris the Curator Johnson here with us, too, so he'll be chiming in in a little while for his segment of the show, but, you know, last time we talked, it was the day before opening day. And hopes were so high. Very high, (laughs) you know, uh, but, you know, just, I know that there's people, you know, the sky is falling and all that great stuff, but, you know, again, we're six games into the season, so... As we normally do, we usually give you guys a weekend review. So we're going to do that. We're going to start from opening day. Uh, that was, you know, on Thursday, the 28th. Unfortunately, you know, you, you and I got together. We were able to watch a game together at your house. It was a 4 nothing loss. Cahill pitched six innings, gave up six hits, four in runs, one walk, three strikeouts. And this is going to be a, at least for the next three or four games here, this, think- this is going to be a theme. Chris Davis strikes again pretty much.
2: Dude, that guy and we even said it at the time when we were like you said we were watching it at my place and um you said that too. You're like I have a really bad feeling about this. Something's going to happen. He always kills us and then so Johnny kind of put the jinx on. Not only I think in that game, but I think the whole series <laughs> cuz Yeah, exactly. Three games so after, yeah. so I, uh, all the Chris Davis well, you get like four home runs or three yeah, it was home ridiculous. runs. That series was all Johnny's fault.
3: Yeah. I- <laughs> A few mistakes really. I think that Trevor Cahill pitched decent in this game. Uh like I said a few mistakes, one especially to Chris Davis. Uh, but it just seemed like the Angels weren't hitting the ball very hard. You and I, you know, the first couple at bats they they squared the ball up very well. Yeah. Then after that they I they yeah, really squared up all day. Yeah,
2: I think that was that was the story of the game is that the Angels like you said, hit a couple balls really hard. Um but they they found people. They they went straight to people where if you know if they're a foot left, a foot right, those are doubles in the gap or anything like that. But then once their pitcher settled down, um, he did a real good job. And you mentioned it, mixing his off speed stuff and kept them off balance. Everything was a soft grounder or a pop up because they're lunging or they're behind. They did a real good job of of changing speeds on the Angels and they were not able to get really solid contact after I would say like the third or fourth inning for us. And it showed with only uh, three hits all game by the Angels.
3: Yeah, uh, that guy that kind of had the angels locked up was a uh, fires. He pitched six innings, gave up only one hit in those six innings. He did walk three. He only struck out two, but a lot of the balls were, I yeah, had, they were just popping up. They were like weekly hit after the first inning and they didn't do nothing. They got, obviously they got shot out for nothing heading into Friday's game. We won. The angels we- won six to two behind the dark night. Matt Harvey, he pitched six innings only gave up two runs, two hits, three walks. We'd like to see that go down. Um, Yep. You know, uh, he got out of a tough jam there in the fifth inning. Yep. He had the bases loaded with no outs. He proceeded to strike out the next guy and get the next guy to ground into a double double play. He pitched well. One mistake. One mistake. What's two? Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Yeah. So um, that
2: little mini jam is going to be our play of the week, and here it is. Got him. Down
1: goes Luriano, One away. Now the one, two. Ground ball left side. Koza. Got him. Stella for one. Over to first. Got him. In inning, play! The Dark gets it done. How about that reaction, Victor, off
3: the bounce? And he was pumped coming off that mound, yeah, and was like, "Why is he should be?"
1: Yeah,
2: you like seeing that kind of emotion out of it, like you said in the in the bottom of the fifth, no outs, bases loaded. He just gave up a single to load those bases, and for him to strike out, I think that was his only strikeout of the whole game. Yeah, it was. and and to get a nice easy um, double play ball, to Simmons uh, was awesome, and for for a team that had been struggling offensively at, to that point, yeah. Um, and that game was huge because you didn't know what was going to happen in the in the eighth inning where they where obviously they did uh, most of their damage, uh, Angels did. So it, it was a great little, um, you know, two batter sequence for for Harvey.
3: Yeah, again, like I said, one mistake was Chris Davis in the like you said in the eighth they finally scored after eighteen innings of not scoring a run between opening day and the eighth inning of this game. Angels took the lead with the Simba two RBI uh, single. They didn't look back from there. Charlton and Simba were both two for four in this game. They each had two RBIs. Another side note to this was the uh, bullpen pitch three scoreless innings.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll get into more into the bullpen part of the of the season so far later. But yeah, the bullpen again coming out and and shutting everyone out
3: early. So after the uh, first win of the season, we hit into Saturday's game on the thirtieth of March. Another loss, four to two. Uh, this one was a little tougher. Cahill went six innings, then you had Harvey that went six innings and died after. You're hoping that Peña would do the same or something close, but unfortunately he went three and two-thirds, gave up four runs, uh, four hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Both run, uh, t- He had two two-run innings consecutively, so the third and the fourth inning. Uh, the third inning, it happened with two outs. The same thing in the fourth inning. That two-run home run by Canna was was pretty much enough. That, that's the one that yeah, kind of put it away.
2: And, and, and kind of you said a theme this first week is pitchers – not, well, maybe hard besides hard, but pitchers doing enough to keep you in the into the games. But just offensively, not being able to produce with uh, runners in scoring position, which was a a big big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, these two series that we're going to talk about, but for the most part, the pitchers kept these games close enough to where you know a bounce this way or that yeah. way, they're they're in the game and they're probably winning it.
3: Right, like in this game, Pena only going three and two thirds. It's it's not good, but again, he, he didn't get out of control. Right. You know, so. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse yeah. for what for for how it was going. Yeah. Uh the, the Angels they squandered a few opportunities early to score and it cost them late. Um two runs on six hits, seven runners left on base in this game. So, you know, I think they were like 0 for 4 in, with runners in scoring position right. in this game as well. So we were hoping to bounce back and at least get the split on Sunday, uh the final final day of March. But it was a two to one loss. And just like Pena the night before, we were hoping that Skaggs would would kind of pick up only went four and two-thirds, uh, 58 pitches through only three innings. And then, again, who strikes? Chris Davis. Chris Davis strikes again. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Again, four and two-thirds for Skaggs, five hits, two, two in runs, one walk, two strikeouts. There was not much offense on both sides. Right.
2: And, and I think Skaggs' biggest thing was he would get guys up 0-2, 1-2. But then Fobby. But then it, it, he, they would work it back to a full count. Yeah. So his pitch count... Um, even though it doesn't look like he went a ton of innings only going four and two thirds, his pitch count was up there. Yeah. Was up in the eighty six was he did pitch eighty six uh uh pitches. So um yeah, just not being able to, to shut guys out when he's up, you know, uh one, two or oh two in the count land and get kinda get back into it. But um again, you said just one mistake. One mistake. You only get up two if your pitcher if your starting pitcher only gives up two runs the whole game, you, you know, you're gonna take it. So yeah. it's not like um, he's getting lit for six runs over three innings or anything like that. So, um, you know, Skaggs coming back, working a little bit back from the injury in spring training. So you're not sure how much of a cap maybe he had on, on pitches and stuff like that. But um, I think a very respectable debut by by um, All Angels podcast guest, uh, Tyler Skaggs.
3: Yeah. So, again, not much offense for both sides. Chris Davis two run hormone run was enough. The Angels did tack on a run. First home run of the season for the Angels. First home run of the season for Cole Calhoun in the sixth inning. It was a solo shot, proved to be the only run of the game for the Halos, and here it is. Left, Cole rips one out to deep right field. Piscotty's going to watch this one go. That is long
1: gone for Cole Calhoun. Big fly number one of the season for the Angels. It's two one, Oakland.
3: And that was uh, the highlight of the day, the night. Uh, aside from, and I'll mention it again. The bullpen throwing three and one-thirds right. of scoreless inning and any relief. Yeah,
2: and so good thing then. Moving on to Seattle for the next day, got rid of Chris Davis, which finished the series with three home runs and four RBIs. So, uh, yeah, let's hope that guy um, cools down by the time they, they meet up again. But um, those day games, and we noticed it on the opening on the opening day and, you know, obviously on the Sunday day game, those balls seem to carry a lot more, um, you know, it almost seemed like they barely kind of just flipped their wrists and just got – some kind of contact on it and it carried quite a bit. Some of it didn't go out, but there, there was some that where it just barely cleared the wall. And you're kind of thinking, man, if that's at night, that, that ballpark is going to hold it. So, um, you know, daytime, nighttime does play a little bit of a factor and, and stuff like that.
3: So the next game, like you said, on April 1st on April fool's day, uh, uh, in Seattle, it was a six to three loss. Uh, Stratton made his, uh, angels debut. He gets roughed up in the first, he gave up four runs, finished the stat line with four and one thirds innings, seven hits, four earned runs, two walks. Uh, all those runs were in the first. Yeah, and, he, and, and he, after that he, he settled, kind of settled down, down.
2: You know, you don't know. Maybe not only did he never get any kind of any kind of reps with the catcher at all during spring training because he got literally traded to the Angels right before opening day. <laughs> um, does he? Does he have some kind of? I don't want to say chip on his shoulders, but he does some extra um, adrenaline pumping, trying to prove himself to um, his team. But if you watch the game, you can see why the Angels picked him up. His movement on a lot of his uh, his breaking balls are awesome. He just had a hard time controlling him and keeping them in the zone. But you can definitely see the curveball and the spin rate everyone was talking about. But yeah, that, that first inning really hurt. But other than that, I mean, he settled down and he pitched a really good game after that first inning.
3: Yeah, they, the Angels chipped away. They cut the lead to one. But then the Angels bullpen finally got uh, scored on. It was uh, Jay Bruce hit a two-run home run off Robles in the seventh. Seventh inning, yep. and uh, that was pretty much it. They and that's when John. Runs.
2: And then that's when John texts, "Good night, boys. Good night. I'm going. to Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> almost past his bedtime. Yeah, finished uh, three runs on eight hits. Again, another stat line: seven runners left on base, and I think most of them were in scoring position. So right. It's it's one of those deals where you're like, man, if they could have just maybe got a hit here or there, but it, it has to do with two key pieces of that lineup missing and you're you're plugging in guys who normally in the bottom of the lineup you probably will, will have a symbol of batting sixth or seventh instead of Peter Borges Right. Smith.
2: And I mean Borges wouldn't even be in there in that situation. Yeah. Upton would be. And and like you said, guys that are like you might be batting sixth and seventh. If you put Otani and Upton in now they're going to be batting, you know, maybe eighth and ninth or yeah. seventh and eighth. The, yeah. Um and that just adds depth to your lineup because right now when you have Borges in there you know, defensively he's great, but offensively he's been really struggling, and he's not necessarily known for a bat. Yeah, he had a great spring, and I think a lot of fans were hoping that that would carry over, and it really hasn't yet. Um, you know, you're never planning for him to get these many at bats, and he has to because of the situation. But um, once Upton gets back, once Otani gets back, this offense I think is going to be a whole nother you know, a whole different offense.
3: For sure, you're missing 30 home runs in Upton. You're missing. You don't even know Who knows how many home runs Yeah exactly Because Otani didn't play a full season 21 home runs in like I want to say like 90 games Right And he could be an
2: easy Another 30 home run 100 RBI guy That you're missing In that lineup Right
3: And like you said Those you plug Otani in the fourth spot that means you can drop Simba down to six, and, and, and not only that, too. Like kind of going mm.
2: more into baseball, but the protection they mm-hmm. they serve with the guys around them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes without. I mean, there's not a rule, a stat that can you can look up and say that's what he's doing. No, but, yeah, but any baseball people know that. You know, if you're batting behind an Otani or in yeah. front of Otani, you know the situations are going to be different. Yeah,
3: that, you know, maybe Trout gets a better at bat. Mm-hmm. We don't want to pitch to Trout, but then Otani's standing back there, right? Or, or Upton, and then yeah. Upton,
2: and then Otani after Upton, or however right. the lineup's going to shape. Protection, out,
3: but. definitely. Protection in the lineup, so we head into the finale. It was only a two-game set in, in uh, Seattle on Tuesday, and the Angels lost again. Another just real low-scoring yeah. game. It was two to one. Not much offense by both, but Trevor Cahill pitched a hell of a game. Went six innings, three hits, only one run, five Ks. Yeah. yeah, no offense, either uh, team. Like you said, yeah. though, either team. So I'm sure Seattle,
2: for as high-powered of an offense they are, you know, were coming in. They mm-hmm. only scored two runs and it came late or yeah. the, the second one came late in the, in the, in the ball game yeah. and Cahill for the most part, the one thing I noticed he did this game that he didn't do on the opening ground day was, was ground balls with pitchers low in the zone, being able to get ground balls. Um, you know, during the opening game, you hear Gooby talk about, you know, he's a, he's a ground ball pitcher. There's a lot of pop. There's a lot of pop flies. There's a lot of fly balls. And that came back to hurt him, especially with the Chris Davis home run. But in this game against Seattle yesterday, um, he was just able to keep the ball down, get some ground balls, strike out five guys, which mm-hmm. is which you'll take every time. It's almost and,
3: about a, a strikeout per inning for him. Right. And yeah. so, again,
2: going another six innings mm-hmm. and, and helping that bullpen, um, you know, prolong itself, I guess you would say.
3: Right. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, hats off to him. He went eight and one-thirds for the Mariners, four hits, one in run, one walk, three strikeouts. Lucroy went two for four, uh, but final stat line for the Angels was one run on four hits.
2: Yeah. So. I mean, it, it, and now kind of looking at the whole – Week overall, obviously the big, big thing for Angels fans with runners and scoring position, they went eight for forty-seven with runners and scoring position. Yeah. That 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 works its way out to a point one seven zero batting average, which you're not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. But I, I think a positive too is like you said, Luke Roy is maybe offensively a, a plus because he batted three thirty-three for that for that series or for that week, and the only time he didn't get a hit was opening day. But after that, he had a hit in every game that he played in. So, um, you know, that's definitely a bright spot offensively. And then you mentioned it earlier, the bullpen ERA for the week was, uh, 1.99, uh, a concern that a lot of people had coming in. And season. I don't really and, understand and, and, why. And I think we were kind of in agreement saying that, will it be the best bullpen in MLB? No, but will it be, could it be a top five bullpen? Definitely. And I yeah. think you've seen, especially with, um, Buttrey, you know, looking just unbelievable. Um, uh, you know,
3: I like Garcia. Garcia's
2: is good. I mean, he gave up like uh, I think he's yeah he gave up the the home run yesterday. Um, Justin Anderson, you could tell the stuff he has is great. He's he, he was kind of hit or miss the couple games he was in, but um, these bullpen guys are bringing in heat and and it's a lot of swing and misses. So um, when you get guys that pitch that fast, and if a guy squares it up, it's going to go yard, and that's what happened yesterday. Um, but I think definitely that's a plus that's happened in the last uh, last week of games.
3: So that wraps it up for this week. Angels, as we're recording, it is Wednesday, April 3rd. So it's a day off. Tomorrow is the home opener against Texas. The Dark Knight, Matt Harvey will be on the mound. I'll Um, I'll be there. I'm not going to be there. Johnny won't be there. I'll be there Friday.
2: Chris won't be there. So I'll be there (laughs) Thursday, Friday, walking around, taking in the sights and sounds of opening day. Um, you know, again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be probably posting photos and all that stuff at Halo underscore or, yeah, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, But, yeah, definitely opening day home opener finally after a week. So maybe that what sparks the guys to get some runs.
3: I would hope so. So they got four against Texas at home, and then they'll have three, three against, against, against Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And then they go on the road to the Cubs. Yeah. So, Early. so, yeah, next Chicago.
2: next Thursday is an off day, so that probably will be our podcast next day. podcast day.
3: Absolutely. So that wraps it up for our Week in Review. Uh, we hope that the next podcast is a better A little bit better, yeah.
2: They definitely got to take mm-hmm. advantage of what Texas isn't doing right now, and, and that's not winning. Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, they still need to hit the ball. So yeah. that's where it's going to boil down to because if the pitching can be – Anything that it was in the first series, you know, Cahill doing what he was doing and if Matt Harvey can do what he did last game, then there's no reason why the Angels shouldn't win. But uh yeah, so anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for that. So you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is I don't know who's gonna win, but if you think you know, you gotta go check out my bookie.
2: Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are the best f- f- this season.
3: Uh, they've been in business for years. Uh, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use.
2: That's why I urge you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay.
3: Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Armchair twenty five when creating your account-, account to claim up to one thousand dollars in free play. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Thank you to all our sponsors. That is uh, www.epicradiotv.com, and then, of course, www.groomgoon.com, and, of course, my bookie. Our brand new one. Yeah, absolutely. So. We're back to weekly podcasts and that means we're back to weekly poll questions, Dan.
2: That means I got to start thinking about stuff ahead of time now. <laughs> um yeah, so we kind of mentioned it home openers tomorrow um you know made me think about you know how many games people are going to planning to go to. Myself, I'm a I I go quite frequently. I I'm a I'm a you know 16 to 20 kind of guy. I know it varies for John and Chris, but um so with that in mind, the poll question this week was: How many games are you um, planning on going to this season uh, to the Angel Stadium? And the options were zero to seven, eight to 15, 16 to twenty, or twenty plus. Uh, so more than half of the people put zero to seven, with fifty-one percent. Uh, eight to fifteen was twenty. 16 to 20 was 16 percent, 20 plus was 13 percent, and those are probably season ticket holders. To tell you the truth, and you know what?
3: I think honestly, I think a lot of our listeners and our people that follow us on uh, I should I should have put like a little
2: thing afterwards. Did this week change your opinion? Kind well, of. Thing. I, I
3: think it it has to do with uh, we see it a lot because you know we're on we we help run the Halo Haven um social media site, so you see it on Facebook, you see it on Instagram, you see. How quick a lot of our fans are to jump off the ledge. And really? I think a lot of them voted with what's going on right now. Right. And, and they just, no, I'm not going to any. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be, but I'll be honest, in the last couple of years, it's been harder for me to get out to games. Um, right. I have, I, have, I have kids, and they're playing baseball, and that kind of takes me away from Major League Baseball. So, I, honestly, I think last year I went to about eight games. No kid, no responsibilities. Yeah. I used to go probably – to About at least 20 games a season when I was, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, like I said, we went to kidless and single, yeah, we, we went to about 18 last year, me and my wife. But at the time, it was because we we're staying for a wedding, so this year, you know, we're we'll probably be closer to 20. I think the most we've ever had was like two years ago, we went to like 23 games or something nice. like that. But, um, uh, I always like our situation, like you said, is different. I don't have that Kind of responsibility, I, we got pets, so we just give them some food, <laughs> give them some water, and say, We'll see you in like four hours. Um, but I love going to the games, even win loss, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I just like sitting in my seat, I'll, I'll score a game, you guys know that, and I'll oh, me just, too. and I'll, and, I'll and I will just enjoy the, the sights and sounds and and you know, a hot dog every now and then,
3: right? I uh, it's weird because you know, in the last couple of years, guys might who listen to the show know I was I was uh, friends with Luis Babuena, and he would hook it up with tickets, you would think I'd have gone more. And right, it just was the fact that you got a little perk on that one. You Once, were able to one, one time. time
2: only because my wife was like, Is someone gonna sit there? No, John's. Like, I got the ticket right here in my hand. Like, okay, you sure? Okay, okay, because I don't want anyone coming and be like that's my seat because then she'll get embarrassed. and That's a whole other story, but, <laughs> but yeah, John's like, I'm over here. I got the I got four, I got yeah. four tickets and we're only using two, so these two are obviously open.
3: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I didn't get to go as much as I wanted to. It's just really, uh, just not being able to actually get out there because Angel Stadium – it's really affordable no, it, it, when it comes to just even parking. I mean, you go to Dodger, it's stadium, it's yeah, it's at at Dodger Angel, stadium, it's $25 for parking at Dodger Stadium. It's 10 go.
2: bucks at Angel Stadium and 20 for, like, preferred. Yeah. And I forgot who did the story. I can't remember if it was the LA Times or, or like, Sports Illustrated or something like that. But they did a story about the most affordable... Um, I guess ballpark experiences for a family. And they did, they went to all the ballparks or the majority of them and said, okay, we have a family of four. How much are we spending for tickets? How much are we spending for food? How much are we spending for parking? And they threw it like all in a little, you know, equation and it came out that angels were like in the top five, as far as most family friendly, uh, and uh, price-wise. Right. So, um, like you said, parking's cheap. Parking's $10. Um, tickets, you know, I think tickets can kind of come and go depending it on when you're— on where you get them to. And then, and then, and then when you're going to go. Right. But uh, for the most part, it's a lot affordable than some of my friends I hear that might live in Arizona that go to the Chase or go— obviously Dodger fans or that San Diego or San Diego man don't park there because that parking oh, that's, that's, that's parking beautiful is, stadium is, that parking so much <laughs> that, that, did that you're, once
3: you're right in the middle of gas yeah so it's like 30 bucks yeah it's you, it's pretty bad yeah but no it's uh Angel Stadium is you know convenient it's affordable so it's not really so much about the money. It's just, for me, it's about the time, time getting out there right. and seeing if I can get out there. So with that being said, it is opening day also for the Illinois Empire 66ers, the Class A affiliate for your Los Angeles Angels. And I went out there yesterday for a media day, and they actually had a fan fest after media day. The media was able to get there early around noon, and we had our, our just time with the players and coaching staff, and it was a really cool uh, experience to be able to just pull the guy aside and, and talk to him. So we got a few interviews lined up. We'll try to see when we can run them, but opening day for the 66ers is actually opening day for the Angels, the home opener for the Angels. So if you guys maybe can't make it all the way out to Anaheim, I suggest you guys check out San Manuel Stadium in San Bernardino. I had the uh, privilege of uh, again, once again, for the third time on our show. We can say he's a regular on our show now, right? The
2: yearly tradition now. Yeah.
3: Um, Got to speak with the general manager of the 66ers, Joe Hudson. This is a quick little interview I had with him. He explains what's going on in San Manuel this year. Joe Hudson. So we're here with Inland Empire 66ers general manager Joe Hudson. Joe, another season is upon us, 2019. What can we expect at San Manuel Stadium?
1: Uh, You know, a lot of the same, Uh, you know, promotions, uh, but definitely some new things out here this year as well. I mean, one of the more exciting things that we got going on this year is uh, we're the host of the 2019 California League All-Star Game. Uh, So North versus South, that's on June 17th. And so, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things that we got going on this year. But, of course, there's, you know, new promotions, new theme nights, uh, new guys uh, rocking the 66ers uh, uh, uniforms this year. So, uh, you know, a lot of the same, but definitely some new stuff out this year as well.
3: Awesome. So uh, all-star game. Big, big deal. Is there going to be, like, a fan fest or festivities or, like, a, some kind of skills competition or a home run derby or something like that, or is it just a game?
1: No, no, definitely. I mean, we're going to we're gonna kind of get it all into one day so Tuesday will be just a, a little bit of everything to be honest with you you know we got fanfest starting off the day uh, around 3:30 home run Derby which we got our own little twist on it we haven't quite announced what we're doing with that yet but uh, myself and the rest of the front office are really excited about it we're bringing the community into the home run Derby I'll, I'll give you a little hint of that uh, and so you know we'll go right from home run Derby into the to the all-star game so it'll be you know one of those things that it's a, it's a unique event we're excited about the opportunity to host it and really we're just trying to put on a good show for our fans for the community and showcase what we got going on here at the 66ers
3: and so last year another big thing that happened last year was Kukui. so there's another season of the Kukuis right
1: oh yeah oh yeah Kukuis was a was a big hit you and I talked about it pre and it, it couldn't have gone better for us we were one of the five finalists or four finalists in all of minor league baseball to uh, to win the Copa trophy uh, we didn't quite get it uh, the mariachis uh, took us out but it was exciting to be a part of it and this year we've got the Kukui's coming back little twist on it where you know uniforms are gonna be bright right. this year right. I don't know if you've seen them I yet have. they're gonna be bright and they're gonna stand out and uh, I think our fans are, are going to be a little wide-eyed at first, but but I think they're going to enjoy it.
3: And the merchandise, obviously, you can pick up here at the team store on the website, right?
1: Absolutely. I was rocking it yesterday. A couple of the coaches were telling me that they just dig it. I mean, the hat, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. Yeah. The hat is uh, bright. It's that bright yellow, green, whatever you want to call that color. Uh, and uh, it's just sharp, man, I'm telling you. So,
3: aside from all that going on, obviously – you're uh, fans or our listeners can catch uh see you guys on our on the social media sites or whatever but there's nothing better than actually coming to the game right so opening day is uh this thursday right uh what time does the game start
1: opening day is thursday 705 game gates are in at six come in come early um you know still got some some great areas for just relaxing and enjoying the game we got the hand 24 corner over here we got the garage second year into the garage which uh, couldn't have had more success right. last year. I mean, tons of people that went down there uh, just loved the area, loved the vibe that you get going down there. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last year, but, I mean, you're, you got a GA ticket. You come in for your family, whatever it is, and you can be right behind the dugout enjoying right. a drink, uh, full liquor bar, the whole bit. So, And so I also saw, is there like a new suite or something going on up here? What's going on up there? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we took down, uh, you know, took down the wall between two existing suites, uh, made a, you know, 221-person suite, uh, basically a giant suite. We got, you know, a 50-person patio suite for for those groups that want to come out and uh, get out of the sun, get into some air conditioning, but still enjoy, you know, the baseball. And, and so we just wrapped that project up within the last couple days. You know, we, we like to cut it close around here, but... But we get it done. Uh, but, no, it's a great area. I'm, I'm impressed with the way it turned out, and I think anybody that goes in there is going to be really, really excited. Right.
3: Anyone who's interested obviously hits up the uh, the ticket office, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Reach out to the 66ers front office, our group's department, who handles, you know, any group-related sales, whether it's, you know, birthdays or retirement parties right. or, you know, families coming out just to enjoy a game uh we've got we've got a great group of uh men and women out there in our front office that are just doing a great job so reach out to them
3: awesome well thank you for your time joe appreciate you jumping on the podcast again
1: yeah absolutely good to talk to you
3: and that was joe hudson man a good friend of ours from the Illinois empire 66ers he's been nothing but courteous to us and kind of hooking us up with whatever we've needed throughout the years uh the last three years actually and uh it's always a fun time to go out to san manuel stadium Check out, you know, future stars of the Angels last year. You had Joe Adele, Brandon Mars, Jemai Jones, Griffin Cannon go through there. And this year, there's still uh, top prospects out there like Torrey Hunter Jr. You've got Jordan Zimmerman. And then hopefully, you know, throughout the season, uh, the call-ups. So with that being said, it is a lot of our listeners' favorite uh, segment of the podcast. It is another edition of the Curators Chronicles.
4: Let's go!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is another edition of the Curator's Chronicles, hosted by myself, the Curator. Uh, Just a little uh, side note, the Curator name was given to me at the 66ers opening day like two years years ago ago by... Johnny Maggs right, right across from me so uh, that was birth there and it's kind of lived on <laughs> in, in lore and fame uh, but uh, today's Curator's Chronicles comes of course out of a book by John Snyder called Angels Journal um, it kind of documents each season and what, what the key highlights were but uh, going back to something that lands right around opening day we're going back to 1998 Where what were you doing in 1998?
3: I was at opening day for the Angels you were? Yeah, you were here it was the day yeah. that Vaughn fell into the dugout right? Well, this,
0: well, let me get I for? don't know. I don't know. That's actually not it. but Maybe. Okay. So, April 1st, 1998, the Angels opened the season with a 4 1 victory. So, we started off good over the Yankees before 43,311 people. It rained at that day. Edison International Field. All four Anaheim runs scored in the fourth inning. Jim Gary Hansen. DeSarcina led the offense with three hits, including a double. Chuck Finley pitched seven innings. This is where it gets better. The game was the first that remodeled Edison International Field, formerly known as Anaheim Stadium. The double-deck outfield seats built in 1979 and 1980 when the Los Angeles Rams moved into the stadium were replaced with outfield pavilions. A huge scoreboard was installed above the right-field fence. An out-of-town scoreboard was placed on the right-field wall. The multicolored seats were replaced by green seats, which if you remember the old days... What's that? The
3: green seats are still there, right? The green seats are
0: still there. Yeah, but we remember the orange. Orange,
3: and and then they had like a tan.
0: Yeah, yeah. so there's a different color scheme going. Um, the, The outside walls were painted green, a combination of green and sandstone. Most of the facade of the stadium was torn down to create a more open feeling for visitors. The most notable feature of the renovation was the... Outfield extravaganza. <laughs> I had no idea it was called that. <laughs> did you not?
3: I did, but uh you know what the what the first plan was with the outfield? Do you remember? No. The original plan was to have the big A move back to the outfield. Back to how plant. it used to be. But uh when they took a look at it they realized that if they were to take it down they'd have to like just build a new one. The it wouldn't survive the move. Um over so they just kept it in its space, reinforced it and then that's why they added the extravaganza so the
0: extravaganza beyond the outfield walls in which six geysers shot water 90 feet into the air and a stream cascaded down a mountainside covered with real trees and artificial rocks and if you're an angel fan um a lot of people have mixed opinions on it i, I actually personally like it I don't mind it. I don't. I think it's you know it gives it character. It's fitting, and I think it even lived beyond the Disney era. But but I do remember that they had that open house. Yes. um, Before they opened up Edison International Field, so you were able to tour the stadium. Mm -hmm. They gave you these cheap plastic construction hats. Yeah, I remember. remember And I had a few of those somewhere. I I remember. I went. I went went to my parents' house. I was trying to you know look in (laughs) my old room trying to find them one day. Right. And then I remember I met Terry Collins, who was going to be the the manager manager out there. And I have a picture of Terry Collins when I was like a sophomore in high school.
3: I took a picture with uh, Justin Bachman in the dugout. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Edison International,
3: also known as the Big Ed. The Big Ed. The Big Ed. And you remember they painted the the A green. The A was green.
0: green. And then out front – or the peri-winkle two hats, hats. but they're periwinkle, so they're all navy yeah. with the A with the wing. Yeah. And we know your feelings about that, John. John, you love them. Yeah. Mm. It makes but some the emotions. green, the yeah, if you look at some Google images, uh, green. the green uh, the green A just
3: didn't seem right. It was weird. Weird and, you know, yeah, every very green. Everything very, very was green. green, green. Yeah. It's green seats, green everything. I mean, it was cool because I don't know if you remember before that, the Angels were playing in... Pretty much a dump, but it was all being renovated. There was like construction Mm -hmm. things going on everywhere, concrete. (laughs) Like played a whole season with no left field seats. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just concrete.
0: Yeah, I remember the bullpen. They were like on this catwalk
3: thing that they just
0: sat out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a cooler. It was like rinky dink, Mm -hmm. like scaffolding. Crap, it's terrible. (sighs) Yeah. So it was that transition from like those big seventies, early eighties. Multi use stadiums to the open field, yeah, and yet all these new ballparks popping up, and then they're trying to follow suit without building a new stadium. So, yeah, um, I think it was you know, it's it's served us well, yeah,
3: for sure. It's been you said 1998, that's 21 years, so Mm -hmm. I think we're due for another huge renovation coming soon, hopefully. Uh, but with that being said, uh, curator, that's that's all you got for us this week, right?
0: That's all I got,
3: all right. As you've listened to another edition of the Curators Chronicles.
4: Let's go Batter up! We're taking the afternoon off. It's a beautiful day for a ballgame. For a ball game today.
3: The fans are out to get a ticket. It's been a while since it, it has. I gotta
2: dust off the I had to find the sound and everything. I had to make sure it was it was uh still playable <laughs>
3: <laughs> alright so as we always do at the end of our show we go ahead and open up you know our you guys can always email us any questions comments or concerns that you have for the show at all at at gmail.com we have a very strong following of loyal listeners on there and we you know from time to time get a new fresh face in there uh, so let's start it off with our first email uh, comes from Lamar Washington he says yo rough start huh pitching has been doing really well but this offense is struggling they're getting guys on but not pushing any runs across you guys concerned yet
2: uh i'm not personally concerned because a lot of times these people are freaking out for you know uh, i think i did the math it's like the four percent of the games have been played so far so i am not concerned at all um but, you know, I understand why people would be. But I just think, like we said earlier, it's going to be a whole different team once the two bats um, that they're missing are going to come
3: back. He, and he also asks weekly from now on, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Weekly podcast from now, now on. on. Our next comment comes from our favorite listener. I don't want to say favorite. Wow. Whoa. I don't want to single anybody. Whoa. Out, but <laughs> Duncan always has some uh, really, um, what is to say? Interesting. Co- comments to say guess, about yeah. uh, you know, the, the curator big-timing us from time to time. But uh, oh. <laughs> this comes from Duncan Healy in Dead Horse Alaska. He says, uh, well, 1-5 wasn't exactly the start I was hoping for, but I'm not going to quite pull the plug on the season just yet. I know that when Otani and up in return, this lineup instantly becomes very impactful. Any word on Otani's return? I haven't heard anything.
2: Nothing, exactly, nothing right? new from Otani as far as um... – His return, but everyone, everywhere you look and everywhere you read, they're they're aiming for an early May, mid-May kind of return. So you're talking about another another month, you know. So hopefully that will again help this offense. But not only Otani coming back, but the Angels also this week got news on Andrew Heaney um, and his kind of lingering elbow issue. They did MRI. Nothing was um, structurally damaged as far as um, the UCL ligament. But he did take a cortisone shot, and they said he will start throwing again seven to ten days from that, which was May first, and they called it, I chronic changes. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what that. I mean, is that a fancy word for tendonitis? I'm guessing, but. um, I don't know what that chronic change is. It it sounds
3: really scary because if I were to go to the doctor and he told me there's chronic changes to your body, elbow (laughs) body in general, I'm going to say, well, chronic changes. What? uh, That was when I was a teenager. What are you talking about happening right now? (laughs) Dr. Dre, I don't know what's going on. So, um, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at all.
2: So (laughs) chronic changes is something that I don't know what that means, but that was quote unquote, what the angels put in their press release. But again, going back to the original question, Ohtani returned to looking like early to mid-May, and that will definitely help the offense that's been struggling. Um, uh, help, uh, definitely help this offense that's struggling right now.
3: Yeah, so our next email comes from Jason Greenbaum. He says, hey there, guys. How impressed are you guys so far with the pitching? Bright spots. Uh, I mean, I'm not overly impressed. Um, I also didn't expect them to tank or anything like that. I think, right. I think you and I were actually – if you look at all the other Angel fans on the social media sites, I think we were highly optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Jason thinks our pitching is terrible. I think the pitching's um, fine. I think it's, it's okay. Fine. I, I think, think, think it's good it's, enough,
2: but it's the offense that needs to come around. Like we said this 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 week, I mean, you have a four run game, a uh, you know a two run game, a two run game. A lot of these games are one, the two runs difference, and it's not like it's a twelve to you know ten game it's it's a two to one it's a three to four it's something like that that's super simple and doesn't mean that the offense or that the the pitching staff needs to get blown up as far as bright spots like we kind of said earlier the bullpen has been awesome 1.99 era this last week um You know, Luke Roy's been a bright spot. Trout's always going to be there. Um, The power needs to start coming because it's one thing to get these guys on base, but if they're not able to drive home, whether it's the doubles, the triples, the home runs, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a long uh, couple weeks before those Uh, health gets back.
3: Bright spot for me, of course, is just the pitching staff in general, Um, not just a bullpen putting up scoreless innings, but the starting pitchers. I don't think we had a guy go into the sixth inning until like May last year. Yeah, so I I actually end up
2: looking it up. Um, It took the Angels to go. Uh, May 1st and May 2nd was the Over first month. time Over that the Angels, um, two Angel starters went back-to-back six innings in yeah. a game, and that was Andrew Haney and, and Nick Tropiano. So the fact they did it on the first two games, I think it's, it, it helps.
3: I mean, that helps your bullpen in general. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know, of course, then you had, you had uh, Pena and Skaggs not go long in their next two outings, but then Cahill just pitched a great game yesterday and gave us six innings. So, you know.
2: So before we get to the next email, um, we're on Facebook or Instagram live right now. Someone asked, uh, David Fletcher starting everyday second baseman. That's S Flood two five four two. What do you think, Fletcher? Everyday second baseman.
3: I, I, I've said it before. You, I'll say it again. To me, he's not. If you're starting second baseman is David Fletcher. I don't know how you can be a contending team. I think he's a great utility guy to have. Um, but then again, I mean, La hasn't impressed me. So with what we've got, I'd rather have Fletcher starting right now. I think La Stella,
2: they're looking more for. And again, Fletcher. You'll see people pull up numbers and and LaStella has a lot of better yeah. um, question, but numbers, but Fletcher has such a small sample size yeah. of just being like the end of last yeah. year that I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't mind Fletcher. I was kind of surprised Fletcher wasn't starting to begin with because of all the time he got in um, spring training. But then again, you know... Who knows? I I I don't think one's so much better than the other, but me, me um, I so. think
3: both are options. There are guys who, on any other team, are utility guys. Yeah. You know, exactly. the Angels didn't go out and get a second baseman. I think they're they're waiting for Renegifo. Yeah, to he'll probably be the guy. starting
2: second baseman by the end of the year. Yeah, and definitely. That's
3: fine with me. You know, I yeah. it's, can't get it. it's not these two guys that we're talking. I don't think I'm not sold on Fletcher, and La hasn't done anything for his cause on my end anyway. Uh, next email comes from another lawyer listener, Lauren Codden hi guys okay let me start off by saying that i am that one over dramatic baseball fan chick yes the sky is falling right now yes we need a new everything the guys (laughs) here at the shop are trying to talk me off from the ledge well not all of them i have a few guys here who are drama queens like me so are you guys all at all nervous can we please score some runs
2: I, like we said before, I don't think it's a it's a it's a necessarily a jump off a bridge and we're done kind of deal. It's Jason. It's it's a week worth of games. It's six games. Um against Oakland, that's a very good team that last year that showed it. Um, you know, sometimes the hitters are, are, are behind the pitchers and coming out of spring training. You don't know, maybe if they're pressing. Um personally I think Simmons looks like he's trying to oh, press. he's trying too hard. He's trying too hard. I think that maybe
3: um, and then they have them batting third and fourth. I mean, and then you know. we
2: had, talking about that, we had a question on here. Um, trout hitting third. we,
3: we how do you feel about him hitting third I, compared to second? I'd rather have him hit second because I think so too. you get him up, more, at bats. more at bats, more
2: at bats. And then traditionally, um, the way it works is that if you have a, a good leadoff guy, you're always, he's should be majority of the time batting with someone on, on, on base. So, um. You know, you've seen a lot of teams now do that. Their best hitter, whoever it is, um, is batting second to get more at bats. But um, I don't think it's necessarily a a a let's freak out kind of deal. Like I said, it's the four yeah. percent of the games. There's a there's there's a reason why this game is six months long. The season six right. months long. You know, teams are gonna go up and down. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up reaching out to some of the guys that we've had on the on the podcast, Gooby. Uh, Jose uh, Jose Moda and and Victor Rojas, and asked them about what they thought was a good judgment as far as knowing what this team is going to be. And for the majority, a lot of them said around a month um, before you can really start making a serious judgment um, on if this team's good, if it's bad, a who's who kind of deal. And I even think that's kind of low just because this team's going to be a lot different in a month, especially yeah, yeah. if Otani comes back. Yeah. Um, so I what what where do you see yourself, or where do you see judging? Like, where do you judge? Um, at what point do you see, like, okay, this is the team we have?
3: I, w- I would say a month as well. Um, I, for us, on the other hand, with the injuries that we have, you know, we'll have to wait until those guys come back and start playing in actual games and yeah. get game ready and everything. So even it'd be longer for us as Angel fans because, you know, Upton had already missed a good – amount of spring training and then he's missing now. So he's going to get into the game. So we, we can't expect him to come in and make an impact right away. Same thing with Otani. They might have rehab starts, but we know how that is. So I would say roughly if the team was in intact all together, I would say about three to four weeks. And yeah. That's what yeah. I, so that's, you know. And
2: that's, I think that's uh, pitching wise. I think you can determine our starting pitching. Like I think Jose said it two times through, maybe three times through the rotation. You'll be able to know our pitching. And I think that's a good measurement for that because, um, you know, unless someone gets hurt, yeah. you know those individual kind of people, you can make a judgment like that in that time. But um, do you think? Do you have an idea? Your your original win total. You didn't have the Angels making the playoffs, obviously, but yeah. obviously that doesn't change it for the good. Just, do you think that now knowing Upton's deal, you think you bring that down?
3: I don't bring it down. I don't think. I don't think the slow start brings it down. I don't think Otani and, and Upton not being in the lineup brings it down. Um, I, I also don't think that the Angels. Are going to get it, like super better to overtake all these teams, but then, like I said before, you don't, you just never know. Uh, the Angels can be the A's of last year and win ninety seven games. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, and and you look at that last year, the the teams last year and what they, um, how, where they were at the beginning of the year. The, the Angels came out on fire last year, thirteen and three. Yeah, and and I mean, you kind of saw um, where that went, and and you see teams that also same thing with. The Mets came out on fire and look where they went. The Phillies came out on fire last year and you saw what they went. Um, so, um, the beginning isn't necessarily you know uh, that important. Yeah, you like to get morale up early, but I mean, Houston's two and four, and so Houston, who everyone picked to win in the division, is literally just a game ahead of you. So the Red
3: Sox are the same record as we are, and they won the World Series. Yeah, they're one and five,
2: and the Yankees are two and four, and they're. Decimated by injuries. So, right. for people that thought, okay, Boston was going to get a wild card or Yankees were going to get one of those wild cards, if, if New York can't rebound from these injuries, I mean, Hart might need Tommy
3: John surgery. The Angels might sneak in there.
2: Yeah. And so, obviously, it's a bunch of stuff that's going around also that um, is helping the Angels. No one's really getting out to a, a huge lead. Um, Cleveland struggling, all these big names that you thought that were going to come out guns blazing are also struggling, so it doesn't put the Angels back that much. And
3: to answer Lauren's question on my end as far as am I worried, am I concerned, no, not really. And I understand that the games now mean just the same as the games in – the game counts just the same as it means in September or whatever. The games now, if you lose a game, that one game can cost you – yeah, I get it. But it's also – there's a lot to be said. There's only six games. You still have a lot of time in the season to – recuperate get healthy um get you know get going and uh I'm not sitting here super upset of course I'm watching the game and they give up the home run and I I'm, I'm going to see yeah. but I'm also not <laughs> like going to not watch the game tomorrow and and say the season's over see what are they doing they suck blah 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 I'm a little more tamed with my anger now Yeah
2: I mean if the Angels have the best season people have thought they're going to lose 60 games Right. Either way, even if the best season anyone can dream of, they're going to lose 60 games. So for people to get super riled up on, you know, one or two here or there, it's it's one of the season now. If we get into the May and it's still Angels only have like five wins, then, yeah, maybe that time to start to panic because then that does put you in a big hole. But as far as the first week, um, I'm not too concerned about it. You know, one of the things about Seattle, because I know they're winning the division right now, they're going to have to go a super long stretch now without any days off because of the time they spend in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, did that, does that bring them down now maybe? And same thing uh, with, with Oakland because, the, yeah, they played Oakland out there. They're going to have to go now a long period of time without a day's off. Now their depth gets tested, and, and who knows how that's going to affect that team, and maybe that brings them down to, to um, brings them down to bring them down to reality. Okay, so last question here from our Instagram, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, should the Angels give Matt Dice a chance to come up since uh, Boar is slumping?
3: no uh too early uh, i wouldn't call border slumping just and you know, the whole lineup is slumping right can't single one guy out because yeah. he they are they all have. and i
2: think he's falling into the same situation as yeah. simmons he's trying too hard he is kind of being almost a little too select. like his thing coming in is that he will draw walks right. and it seems like and I don't, a I don't swing happy, no swing happy. He's almost too selective to where that ball was close enough. He should at least try to file it off to get another pitch, but he lets it go. Think it's going to be ball and a strike three, right? something like that. Um, the umpiring I haven't been a big fan of so far. It's I think been it's pretty been, terrible. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, yeah. but Bohr is kind of one of those guys where he's going to look for a ball in a certain area. And then if he doesn't get it, he, you know, he has no problem working for walks. And sometimes that benefits someone like that. And sometimes it doesn't. So, um, Dice is great right where he's at. Yeah, getting reps get again. Better. If 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 Pujols or or Bore get injured, then yeah, he's definitely the next call up for sure. But um, you don't want to take a kid out of Triple A that's going to get reps every single day and have him split time between three guys.
3: Yeah, Bore to say Bohr is in a slump is everybody's slumping right now. So yeah, you can't mm-hmm. single him out. It's way six games in. You don't you don't call a guy up after six games.
2: Yeah, you let him work through the process and everything like that. Yeah. But um, yeah so that's gonna wrap it up for our Instagram feed so um, anything else
3: thank you guys thank you guys on Instagram live for the questions it's always a good time to get more questions and again
2: in. that's halo underscore haven on Instagram and on Twitter
3: awesome alright so other than that I got nothing else Dan you don't got anything else right
2: yeah just you know quick reminder of our now I guess association with All Chair All Americans and so also we'll we'll put a post out with their <laughs> social media but um, you know twitter is at armchair angels and then their instagram is going to be at, uh, at armchair armchair la angels so um definitely give them a follow um, you know, they have a writer on staff that writes about the Angels, and he works a lot through Twitter. So, if you're looking for any kind of articles to read, definitely check that out. Again, Twitter is at Armchair Angels, and then Instagram is at Armchair LA Angels. So, definitely give them a follow.
3: Yeah, it's ArmchairAllAmericans.com is their website if you guys want to check out not just Angel stuff. You guys are a fan of the different sports teams as far as, you know, basketball, college. college. They're big in college right yeah. now. So, go check them out. There's a lot of content on there. That's www.armchairallamericans.com And also, um, you know, check out our sponsors. It's at groomgoon.com and at um, www.epicradiotv.com And don't forget to visit My Bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Armchair25 when creating your account to claim up, a, up to $1,000 in free play. So that's going to wrap it up for us here at the all angels podcast our next first-
2: thursday thursday look out for thursday yep. podcast next week
3: our first weekly podcast of 2019 is in the books i am johnny mangs i'm Dan Garcia, and you've listened to another edition of the all angels podcast
4: Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you.